last few days, we've been talking about the why of business or the why of marketing and social media. More specifically, what are your goals? Why are you doing what you're doing? And getting a lot of really nice call-ins in regards to that. And then, of course, we, we got this one, which is good to look at, which is the why of Anchor. Barbara, you always inspire me, and that's why I love coming on Anchor, because there's so many great people here that are inspirational. Uh, My why at the end of the day is I got two little kids that I am trying to raise here uh, on my own, and I'm trying to help them out and uh, just show them the best possible life. So yeah, when I put out a blog post or something on Anchor or you know do anything on social, it's not about likes or shares or clicks. It's really about developing a community i'm trying to do uh, a community for guitar players and uh, you know i just love interacting with the community i i you know it's that quote you know you would do it for free if you could and uh right now a lot of it is for free so um yeah it's just loving what you do at the end of the day and uh being inspired and thank you so much for all your inspiring stuff every day We always do come back to that, don't we, Anchor? We always come back to the community that's here. And, you know, if you spend time here and you work at it, you can really build community here. But there's other thing that can happen when you're here at Anchor (laughs) Uh, that that can drive you a little bit crazy and can be difficult to do as well. Listen to the next caller. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, Barbara, for absolving me of my anchor guilt. I've been trying very hard to listen to people's segments and call in and applaud, and it's been very difficult. But I don't have so much of a problem of recording, but it's more listening to people's anchors because you know everyone here makes up the community, and it's really important to cultivate that and encourage each other to keep going. So I'm trying to make more of an effort, but thank you for absolving me of my guilt. <laughs> Yes, Jessica, no one should feel obligated to do all sorts of things here at Anchor. Anchor can be such a draw that it does take you away from <laughs> from your life. Um, I, I do recommend, and I've said this to a lot of people, sometimes you just need to take a day of not creating and just take a couple hours of listening a week. Don't do any creating. Do no call-ins. Do no reactions. Just listen. In fact, don't even applaud or... You know, just spend very little time. Just just listen to people. Spend time doing that. Then you'll get to understand the community that you're following here and who those people are and what's important to them because, again, your brain is bigger and better than any algorithm uh, Anchor is going to think up for you. Um, and I would just recommend that you do that. Spend time just listening. But I agree, it's hard. And I absolve you of your of your guilt. I, Barbara KB, absolve you of your anchor guilt. If you haven't been on anchor for a day, a week, heck, even a month, it's fine. You're allowed to come and record at anchor any time you believe is the right time. Because guess what? Anchor is here for the times that you have something to say. So please know that you're absolved of your anchor guilt.
Hey folks, time to talk about gardening. Saturday. It's the Saturday Gardening Calling Show. I love gardening. I do. I really do. It's um, helped shape the person that I am. Help me uh, keep my focus in life. And it gives me great pleasure and joy. Plus, allows me to put pictures up on the internet. <laughs> and actually, that's something that I did today. And today we're going to talk about um, taking pictures of your garden. And actually, it's beautiful and it's lovely and people like to look at it, but there's actually also a really practical reason for doing it. I love this song from Bruce Springsteen. From a great movie. From a great salesman movie. <laughs> I think probably the only movie that really showed what it really means to be a salesperson. But talking about being sales is for another day. Today we talked about gardening. Using Instagram to take pictures. That's what I use. I have some things up at Flickr. Of course, I'll make these go out uh, to Twitter using um, If This Then That, I-F-T-T. So whenever I post to Instagram, it goes out to Twitter. And then sometimes I optionally put it to go out to my Facebook account. But I'm always doing Instagram to Twitter and using IFTT. But anyway, that's just a practical thing. The reason I like to make sure that I'm taking pictures of my flowers, and sometimes I put them to Instagram, but I, I do take pictures of flowers and garden and shrub is so that I can do that planning that we talked about that I do back in, in February. I actually use the pictures to kind of help me figure out what needs to get changed around in my garden. And I, I kind of have my garden measured out in about five different places. And I make sure that I'm regularly taking pictures of it so that that can help me with the planning. And in July is a really good time to, to take pictures. It basically says, okay, this is what things look like here in Ohio, summertime. And it helps you just take a look. You'd be surprised at what you don't remember in the fall or in the winter as you're doing your planning, like what things look like. Also, it's just kind of nice to look at it and enjoy. But there's also the practical of, oh, look at that. That bush is really overgrown. I need to trim it back more. Or, boy, you know what? Let's pull that out and let's put this instead in. So it just helps you with your planning. Today I just took some pictures of my back deck um, because that helps me choose. I think some of my pots I might have put a few too many plants in. I'm going to take note of that, that I kind of overplanted some of them. But one pot I think looks great, and there's this one plant that I put in that I think grew beautifully, and I'm going to repeat it again. It was my first time using it, and I love it. I think the purple and the pink of it turned out great. The colors were wonderful, so... Just go take a look at my Instagram account and consider doing a similar thing. You know, I, I display it at Instagram. I kind of show the best of it. But um, I took take many more pictures, and I'll, I'll be doing more 
this next week. So share your pictures. Call in if you've got pictures of your garden or if you've got any questions in particular about garden planning or making decisions about shrubs and plants, um, give me a call. We got a few call-ins this week, though. People call into my show during the week, which is great, and leave uh, either comments or questions, and I always appreciate those. Thanks a lot, folks. Welcome to The Garden Show. Hi, Barbara. How are you? I just have to share with you that I don't know if I told you about our uh, Rose of Sharon, but oh, they came in, and they are just so beautiful. We have the white flower with the red inside, and then this uh, pinkish purple. Oh, just so beautiful. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll be able to see it. If uh, I'll put my uh, Instagram on the... Uh, I think you do follow me on Instagram, because I think I follow you. But just in case, I'll put it in the description, my Instagram uh, name. But yeah, just so, so, so gorgeous. Oh, and I don't know if you've ever heard of this... But, um, Silver Daisy. Oh, so pretty. So, so pretty. Daisies are just, are, are my favorite flower. And we have a Denver Daisy and now the Silver Daisy. Just so pretty. Hey, Candace, thanks for calling in. Oh, Rosa Sharon, it's wonderful. My neighbor, two doors down, has the purple variety that you talk about. It's kind of the, the almost, it's like a violet color. And she actually, that got to be so successful in her yard that she had to pull it out. It can be invasive. So it's really important to make sure that you're, after it blooms, it's wonderful. Make sure that you continue to clip it because it can become very invasive. It's a great thing to put up as a hedge. And um, it blooms, you know, this time of year or a little bit later, depending on where you live. But I agree, it's, it's lovely. The flowers are very rewarding. Um, just make sure that you keep it in uh, in check because what will happen is you'll see different uh, sprouts come out and it'll it'll grow. Um, it's great for a hedge, but, but keep it in check. Just make sure you trim it every year. Um, and in regards to the silver daisy, I've, I've never heard of that. That's new. And the little bit of looking that I did on the Internet about it is it looks like it's, it's a really nice shrub of some sort. Um, and that's nice. I don't, I don't have that here. And the Denver daisy that you're talking about. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's actually a little hard for me to grow here. We get, we get too much rain. I've had something similar to that and it just didn't come back the next year. And the only thing I can think of is we're a little too much mud and clay for it here. And, and we, we have to plant, you know, you probably know the Shasta daisy. That thing grows anywhere. But it is interesting. Uh, I, I'd love, I don't know if your Instagram account has a picture of your um, silver daisy. I, I'd love to see a picture of that. Because I was a little unclear as to what it was on um, when I did a Google for it. Of course, what came up was lots of pictures of pure silver daisies, you know, <laughs> jewelry, which was lovely. But, um, hey, thanks for calling in, Candace. I appreciate it. Uh, keep sharing from your garden. It's really wonderful. Thanks. 
Okay, Mike, don't hold us in suspense there. What piece of gardening equipment is that? Kind of sounded like a um, manual lawnmower. Did sound like a manual lawnmower. I think I heard the blades whipping. I don't know if you kept on gardening or not. Be interesting to know. Be interesting to know. Could have been a wheelbarrow, too. I'm not sure. Call in. Let us know. identifying what I was using in the garden, that uh, that manual lawnmower that we have. Yeah, it's called a panther. Um, can't remember the make. But your lawnmower sounds a lot cooler, a lot more futuristic, a lot more contemporary, modern. Something that works, although I have to say, mine doesn't require electricity. It builds muscle, and it's a good cardiovascular workout. So, can't complain, really. Hey, Mike, thanks for clarifying that. I grew up with a manual lawnmower, was able to mow with that, and my father believed, and I was one of eight kids, and we all took turns mowing the lawn, and then it became problematic. It was a little too much, and we were noticing that other children in the neighborhood were getting mowing done in an hour, and it was taking us three, so... (laughs) I don't think it was that extreme. I think he just felt sorry for one of my older brothers. So an electric, not an electric, a gas mower was bought. Actually, electric or quieter than that. That, that I believe, was a gas mower. Yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's noise pollution for sure. It's very bad noise pollution, that's for sure. And you're right, you get a better workout. But our yard's kind of big. And the hill is huge in our front yard. I have this hill that goes way up. I don't think I'd want to inflict that on my son. But we've got this old thing that we've had forever. And yeah, it works pretty well. But right now he's not mowing the lawn that much. It's July. And one of the things in July you don't want to do is over mow the lawn. kind of want your grass to be a little bit high. So, yeah. And, of course, as you well know, the biggest thing with a with a manual mower is to really make sure those blades are sharp. Once, twice a year, you need to sharpen those. And I can remember watching my dad sharpen the manual lawnmower. He had this tool that he'd use to sharpen them. So, yep, manual versus gas versus electric. Many options out there. And yeah, the electric ones have gotten better and better, that's for sure. Take me outside, sit in the green garden, nobody out there, but it's okay now, bathing the sunlight, don't mind if rain falls, take me outside, sit in the green garden. Barbara KB. BKB? <laughs> Oh my goodness. So I'm calling in today regarding your segment about why 
Why is why such an important question? What I'm really calling in about is to tell you that I'm, I'm looking forward to contributing to the gardening channel this weekend. But anyway, back to the subject at hand. Why? If our why is big enough, then the how will always present it itself. Now, as it relates to marketing, as you guys were talking about, I think that's a little bit different why, but maybe not. Maybe the why that we ask instead of why do this or why do that is, why are you doing what you're doing at all? And if we know what that bigger why is, then the great big why will support all the other whys. Well, you're right, Bobby. Every company should have a great big why. Every nonprofit, every organization out there should have a great big why. Now, of course, you might be talking about the big, big, big why. Yeah, no, we're not talking about the big, big, big why of life, but we are talking about the why of a company. And that should permeate, first and foremost, within the marketing department, within whatever's being done, social media-wise, communication-wise. Um, you can't do what you're doing without asking, why are we doing that? And it should support the big why of the company. So thank you. And Bobby, yes, yeah, looking forward to you calling in from the desert. Bobby is our desert gardener. So stay tuned. I hope he calls in. Bobby, today we're talking a little bit about taking pictures. So you've got any pictures you want to share and about why we take pictures of our garden. Yes, they look lovely on Instagram or Flickr or maybe we do a periscope of them. But there's another practical reason why we take pictures. So that's what we're talking about today is the practical reasons for taking pictures of your garden. Thanks for calling in, Bobby, as always. Barbara, I just checked you out on Instagram and I love your pictures that you posted today. Your pond is so beautiful and I'm so happy that you also shared a sound of it today on Anchor. Uh, keep on posting and keep on sharing and uh, talk to you soon. Hey, Kristen, thanks for calling in and thank you for going and looking at all eight pictures that I have put up today on Instagram. Noticing that one of them is of the pond. Yeah, that, our, our backyard pond gets the most uh, um, play, let's so to speak. I, I, I use that a lot, and, and I wish I could take credit for it, but no, it's really all my husband. He worries about the pond, the, the functioning of the pond. He's, he's an engineer, so he loves the figuring out how to keep that thing functioning all the time. We have fish in there. And how to keep um, cranes from eating the fish to water lilies and how to keep the deer from eating the water lilies so that they bloom every year. He's, he's the mastermind behind the pond. He's, he, I only worry about some of the plants around the pond. So thanks for noticing. I appreciate it. Well, what is it to want? We want a shrubbery! <laughs> Anywhere in this town where we could buy a shrubbery? Firstly, you must find another shrubbery! You must cut down the mightiest tree in the forest with a herring! Barbara KB, it's Jeremy. Um, 
I just wanted to jump in into this this why conversation, and you know my thoughts on it are are pretty simple. I think you don't need a why to be successful. Um, let me rephrase that: you don't need a why to make money. You need a why to do any level of good, and you need a why to be on a greater level of success. Um, you know, and your why is almost always related to why you're passionate about what you're doing. And if you look at anybody who's built anything that has A, changed the world, or B, been substantial, um, they always have a passion. You know, it's because your passion and that conviction is what pushes you through when the times get hard. Not if times get hard, it's when. And, you know, the why is ridiculously important, and it's 100% up to the person in charge, the CEO. Hey, Jeremy, thanks for calling in about the why question about how companies and nonprofits and organizations need to have the why to give them direction and follow through. I would agree with you that it helps you with your passion, but I almost you almost lost me there because I thought you were going to uh, somewhat say it's going to uh, fuel your passion. And I would argue that actually, you know, you have it there so that when your passion isn't there, you're not feeling it or you're having a tough week, you know, there you are with the why. And yeah, and then you corrected yourself or you got around to, yeah, you need that when your passion isn't there. The why helps direct things. And I would actually even argue that the why is so good because when the CEO doesn't get it, the why is still there. And actually, it can be pointed out to the CEO. Um, she should be leading the charge when um, and, and be the great communicator of it. But boy, I've been in situations when I've really felt that the CEO sort of lost the way and, and we were able to bring them back around because we knew what the why was and we knew why the organization existed or where, what our goals were as a company. So, yeah, it's really important. Uh, when you start thinking about that why, it makes you consider all aspects of the company. And it can seem like a silly thing to have a discussion about, but it's really great. I'm getting lots of good phone calls about this because I think it's something that um, we struggle with, especially if we do marketing and social media stuff, that uh, we get so easily caught up in those tactics and strategies and um, many of them maybe don't line up with the why. So thank you, Jeremy. I appreciate your calling in. Have a great day. Hey, Barbara, this is Tiffany C. Everett. I thank you so much for passing by my channel. I greatly appreciate you and everything that you do for the community. And I took a look at your flowers, and guess what? I think they are gorgeous. I think you're doing a wonderful job. I love gardening, too. Um, I stopped gardening because I need to put up a fence because I wanted to keep the animals out and kept eating my strawberries. But I am definitely going to get back out there. Right now I have an avocado on an avocado tree on the porch and I'm gonna start an herb garden inside the house. I my fish tank broke. So I said rather than throw it away, might as well repurpose it, right? So that's gonna be my herb garden. But thank you so much for everything and just want to let you know I love the flowers. You go girl. Hey, Tiffany, thanks for calling in with your garden stories. 
I know, keeping the critters away from strawberries. The childhood story of Peter Rabbit, Mr. McGregor, the guy in there. I'm now more sympathetic to Mr. McGregor. I, I found a bunny in my front yard chewing on some things the other day, so I'm not as merciful to the little critters as I used to be. And it's interesting you're thinking of taking a fish tank and redoing it um, for herbs. That sounds great. I'm assuming you're going to put it outside, or is it in a windowsill somewhere? You want to make sure with herbs they get lots of sun. Just remember that. They're going to need about six or eight hours of sun every day. Otherwise, um, herbs near a window don't do not do too well. I've, I've tried that, and I've, I've failed miserably with that. So make sure they get enough sun. That's the biggest thing for things like that that go inside. But maybe you're going to put it outside. I don't know. That sounds interesting. That's an interesting project. I, I, I like thinking about that. I actually got an old fish aquarium here somewhere. Hmm, I don't know. Maybe maybe we could do something similar. And I don't know how you drain the water out of that. Because you want to make sure that you have enough uh, drainage for when you water the plants. Anyway, I'm getting technical here. Getting into the tactics. <laughs> Too much. Um, thanks for calling in, Tiffany. You have a great day.